don't know if you reviewed Piscopo Day yet, but there the hum is there from time to time. Oh yeah, since I'm doing the final edits, it's usually not worthwhile for me to do it until yeah, everyone else has had their chance. If you want to enjoy it twice, <laughs> I guess yeah. Stranger Things out there? Not for like another two weeks. Oh, is there another one? Yes, uh, July third, I think. Is that what season three? Oh, that's right, the new Coke or whatever. Right. Wait, what? The new Coke thing that you complained about at one point because it was oh, like because uh, you can't actually buy it without having to go through hoops. Such garbage. How to buy new Coke? What's new Coke? Well, you remember you remember new Coke from the eighties, right? Did no, you even I exist in the eighties? I 80s? wasn't existed in the eighties. No. Okay. Oh, we can't be friends though. Uh, one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the perils of grad school. I I know younger people now. <laughs> he knows the young people but they're good people they're good people don't don't let the age scare you away i have him at gunpoint they're still millennials <laughs> i don't know any zoomers like... yet oh i don't know any zoomers what are zoomers <sighs> oh i have no idea generation z coming oh, after generation z. oh i thought they were like fast puppers <laughs> I, I actually thought you were talking about Zooners. Oh, oh. oh dear lord! That's a very specific point in time. Yeah, very oh, old millennials. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! Hey, we're right on the edge, you and me, buddy. <laughs> don't you lump me? Don't you lump me in with the Zooners? Zooms were too fancy at the time when people were getting Zooms. I was just upset that my Zoom wouldn't hook up to iTunes. (laughs) Can't imagine why. (laughs) Coke can introduce this stupid orange vanilla flavor, but they can't do new Coke. This bullshit. I do Wait, not really like Can we actually one. recap back to what new Coke is? I never Oh, got there. Uh, in 1985, um, Coke changed the formula of classic Coke to new Coke. New Coke, I think it was supposed to taste more like Diet Coke. Right. No, it it's supposed to taste like Pepsi, I thought. Or, yeah, sorry, Pepsi. And um, because their focus groups had told them that they preferred that. And then there was a huge outroar because, you know, people hate change. And so they brought back the original Coke, which is why it's sometimes still, I think, called Coke Classic, is to distinguish it from the new Coke, even though uh, that was over 30 years ago. Hmm. Conspiracy theory coroner, when they brought it back as Coke Classic, they replaced the cane sugar with uh, corn syrup. And there are some people who believe that the whole new Coke fiasco was a way to get people to accept the change to corn syrup. Because as we all know, the the Coke with actual sugar is objectively better. I mean, I understand that, but I think it's more likely um, Hanlon's razor, basically. What's that? Something about blundering? Never attribute to malice that which is adequately explained by stupidity. <laughs> oh, I like that. Oh, It could also be cheaper. Well, yeah, but I doubt that there was a huge conspiracy to do this just so that they could get people to be on board with the corn syrup because they could have just changed it and probably would have been fine right it's far more likely that marketing <laughs> up with the new coke stuff <laughs> hello hello oh hey welcome <laughs> hello hello and welcome hello. hello and welcome to another edition of the go best key wall ass 
I'm your host, Adam Gobeski. <laughs> and I'm Charlie Wallace. <laughs> Port. <laughs> <laughs> we have four guests with us. We have our standard guest, Paul Wilcox. It's great to be back and to be standard. I'm, I don't think I've ever been designated that uh, way before. It feels good. <laughs> standard Paul. We have our other standard guest, Doug Gobeski. Can I be a classic guest instead? <laughs> sure. Like Coca-Cola? We have our classic guest, Doug Gobeski. Hi, good to be here. Our substandard guest, Tony Huff. I don't know if I should be offended, but I'm glad to be here. And our new guest, Tom Morello. <laughs> so close, but good to be here. <laughs> I, I know I promised you guys Tom Morello. I may have lied just a little bit. So who do we have instead? It's Tom Marshmallow. <laughs> Tom Roop. 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 Huh. Roop. Current citizen of Marquette University. Wait, you're a citizen? <laughs> yeah, it has sovereignty sure now. Really <laughs> you're a sovereign citizen. <laughs> That's what I tell police officers when they pull me over. Yeah. I'm a sovereign citizen. <laughs> this is my domicile. <laughs> you have jurisdiction here. I pay your... I pay your salary. <laughs> I don't even pay taxes. I'm a sovereign citizen. I don't have to have a license. I'm not driving. <laughs> and we're all here to talk about the 31st installment of our Merry Marvel Movie March. A march that will apparently never end. Are we are we still falling behind at this point or are we catching up? Um, I believe at this point since april there's been a marvel movie every month and i think that continues into july oh my goodness yeah, so july is Spider-Man, i know that yeah oh no spoilers <laughs> <laughs> i just want to go to the theater and just look at the posters to know what's out exactly <laughs> uh one ticket to your next marvel movie please <laughs> all right enjoy dark phoenix damn it <laughs> oh, oh. Shots fired. <laughs> I would uh, just have to go to movies and then see what shows up on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have to see a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> All the previews, I'm like, ah, oh, spoilers. <laughs> well, yes, it's the 31st installment. It's the 2010 movie Iron Man 2, our third MCU movie. So, just in case you're not familiar, the brief synopsis of the plot. Um, Iron Man 2 is the story of one Dennis Iron Man who is captured by terrorists and is forced to build a missile. But instead of doing that, he decides to make himself a suit made out of, I assume, copper. He uses that to burst out of the cave in which he's being held, free himself, and then decide that he's going to rededicate the company that he runs, uh, Man Industries. Uh, rededicate that to peaceful things instead of making weapons. Well, his uh, fellow CEO, it's kind of confused. Um, <laughs> Co-CEO. Yeah, his his co-CEO, <laughs> Diamond Medallion, decides that he doesn't want that to happen, so he's going to try and build his own better Copper Man suit and also get rid of Dennis Man in the process. Wait, was that the first... Iron Man, or is that the one that we just watched? That's Iron Man 2. Yeah, the first one was about a haunted mansion, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, right. Sorry. Sorry. 
It's the one with Jeff Bridges, right? The Haunted Mansion one, yeah. Yeah. So who plays Diamond Medallion in this one? Oh, he's not in this one. <laughs> Wait, I thought you just said he was. No, well, it's, I mean, he is, but it's really just a puppet that they made out of balloons and clothes. So he's not, there's not really someone in it. He's, there's just a figure floating sinisterly in the background. Mm. And they Ooh. save so much money on that. <laughs> yeah. That Jeff Bridges salary can really sink your movie. It wasn't the only salary they saved money on. Jeez. Yeah, this is true. Um, does anyone need an actual synopsis for Iron Man 2? No, that was great. <laughs> that was, that was <laughs> that's the movie I saw. Yeah, that's what we watched. <laughs> so on with Mickey Rourke and Sam Rockwell. There, great. Yeah, that's All pretty right. much how you can describe a lot of these movies from here on out. <laughs> <laughs> had you seen this before? I had seen it many times. In the theaters, on DVD, then on Blu-ray. So This, uh, this was the first time that I saw it, Adam. I know you're shocked. <laughs> I am I am shocked because I thought you went on a an RDJ kick. RDJ Robert, Robert Downey, Downey Jr. Jr. Ooh, no. <laughs> I, was, I was like I was like the D's Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> what are the other ones? <laughs> Rodney <laughs> Dennis Jones. Yeah. No, I uh I no I didn't go on a uh uh Robert Downey Jr. uh binge. Oh, I thought it was like I'm going to watch, now that I've seen Iron Man, I'm going to watch Infinity War, and then I'm going to watch The Pickup Artist. And then so, Iron no, it went, I watched Iron Man, then I watched Infinity War, then I went to Captain America, then I went to Guardians. Just <laughs> <laughs> bouncing all over. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, oh, I know what happens here. <laughs> 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 then I went to Thor. <laughs> Still haven't watched The Incredible Hulk. I was like, hey, well, if there's one you're going to skip, it's yeah, not skip. the worst yeah. one to skip. You gave it a 7.5, Paul. Yeah, but I also gave Kick-Ass a 7.5. So <laughs> It's true. You've just been on a 7.5 <laughs> kick lately. What I give Kick-Ass? Six. Uh, that seems That's high. Probably. Oh, I, was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about that all last week. Like, oh, I really, I really went easy on Kick-Ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm screwed for the next. Like, oh, especially the, the whole rest of the march. Well, and then I watched Age of Ultron like right after, and I was like, "Oh man, he's way better in this." <laughs> okay, I mean, I'll grant, I, gr- I grant you that, but woo, you have to slog through the rest of Age of Ultron for that performance. Hey, stuff. talk about Iron Man two right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Age of Ultron doesn't even exist yet. You got oh, eighteen movies to go before you get to that. <laughs> Holy goodness. Oh, yeah. Oh, and I was giving you a a hard time on spoilers. (laughs) I thought that I had seen some of this movie. I have no idea why I turned it off the first time I watched it. And this time I was like, okay, how far am I going to get before it turns out that I stopped this before? It was about five minutes, I think. (laughs) I got to the Stark Expo, I guess, the first time I watched this and must have got distracted or something. I don't know. You fell asleep in the theater? No, 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 no. This was at home. So I remembered Mickey Rourke. I vaguely remember John Slattery as uh, Iron Man's father. Howard. Yeah. Howard Stark. Howard Stark. That's that's about it. So I was like, oh, great. I get a whole new experience, more or less. What about uh, Jeremy Piven as the uh, hammer guy? <laughs> <laughs> I think he watched my Iron Man, too. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I mean, it really felt like they wrote that for him. <laughs> and then they're like, ah, we can't get him. <laughs> put glasses on a different guy. Yeah, I really wanted <laughs> I really wanted less charm and more yelling. I think Jeremy Piven would have worked. His name is Hammer, right? You don't exactly want subtlety from him. <laughs> this is true. I turned to Paul and I was like, this he reminds me of Jeremy Piven, and then when <laughs> uh, what's his when when like they're in the air the airline hangar, and he's like, "Hey!" Paul's like, "Yep, there it is." <laughs> yeah, I think you're thinking of Aquaman. Oh, <laughs> that was a two level joke. Well, someone out there will enjoy it. <laughs> all those all those entourage heads. Yeah. Oh. oh, that's oh. what you meant. I was like, I haven't seen Aquaman, so I wouldn't get it. And like, now I get it. (laughs) Doug, had you seen it? Uh, I'd seen it once before in the theaters. Consequently, I remembered bits and pieces, but essentially all of the plot after the, uh, the scenes in Monaco, I was like, I don't like this is coming back to me, but certainly didn't remember this before. Yeah. I'd actually seen this, uh, at least three times. Uh, my girlfriend and I actually rewatched all of the relevant Marvel movies before Infinity War and then before Endgame. What what so, counts as relevant? That. Or perhaps a better question. question is what doesn't count as relevant? <laughs> uh, apparently not Thor The Dark World, because we didn't watch that. So everything except Thor 2. Got it. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> it, was a, it was a long ride. Yeah. You know, you, you say that. And yet, when we got to the after credit scene in this movie, you two were like, I don't think I've seen this before. I had not. I had not waited out the after credit scene for this one. Although it wasn't really worth waiting for, but... Whoa. 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 Did you know At it's about it Thor? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Some guy dropped his tools in the desert. What's the big deal? <laughs> What's the big oh, deal? the hammer guy back again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's not even in the next one. <laughs> that head is way outsized for the for the handle. <laughs> Paul. Um, so I had seen this, I believe, once before on video. It, and it was pretty recently. Like VHS? Video? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was I said video because I was trying to remember whether it was a DVD or a Blu-ray. It was a beta. I think, I think it was a the Wilcox household seems like it would have been a beta household. <laughs> we're we're all born betas. That's, that's <laughs> beta AF. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I think I watched the DVD of it. Uh, like I don't know, maybe like three years ago. I was surprised how fresh a lot of it was in my mind. But I'd only seen it once before. Should we talk a bit about the? What I assume is the reason that Doug's only had seen this once before. Yeah. That's the the recasting of James Rhodes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as we were watching the movie today, I was able to actually articulate why it was so disappointing to me. And the problem is Don Cheadle has zero charm in this film. Just none. Whereas in Iron Man... Terrence Howard was just fun and a joy to watch on screen. Like, like you can't see Don Cheadle doing the scene on the plane with the stewardesses. Like, it just he would just be too stiff for that. 
Really? I mean, I yeah. I don't disagree with you, but on the other hand, it's way easier for me to imagine as that Don Cheadle is actually a member of the U.S. military. Just yes. always like the slight disconnect I had with uh, Terrence Howard. He's a little too casual. Yeah. I see what you mean. If I had to guess, I kind of agree with Adam that maybe it's either a choice by, you know, the director or maybe Don Cheadle himself. I've seen him in other things where he's he's pretty charming. He's actually pretty good at that. Um, but I, you don't quite see it here. I, so I agree with you in that respect. Yeah, I guess the way I always approach this sort of thing is just like, oh, they got a new artist in to draw the character. That's why he looks different. Comic books. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess. Tell him sometimes I forget that it's about comic books. And, and instead of like hard hitting docudramas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, are you guys saying that we don't have world peace like we did in this movie? Well, we did. And then we jumped timelines. Iron Man, Tony Stark, watches MSNBC, and then Mrs. Potts watches <laughs> the O'Reilly <laughs> Factor. <laughs> I mean, I I appreciated the effort to show that like it wasn't just Fox News. It was like, oh, here's CNN and C-SPAN and Fox yeah. News and MSNBC. But I was like, wait, why is Pepper Potts watching the O'Reilly Factor? Yeah. <laughs> and then, but she doesn't mute him until she gets trashed. She's like, oh, this is garbage. <laughs> but the pinhead segment segment was awesome. <laughs> well, it's the same and reason they watch, uh, who's that one uh, guy they watch in Iron Man 1? Don oh, Joe's off on him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They just seem like they want to bring themselves down. <laughs> Well, what was the reason Paul said that she was watching O'Reilly Factor? <laughs> trying to get into the CEO mindset. <laughs> uh, getting, getting the Fox News going yeah. in the background. It, it's, it's her executive time. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> oh, uh, uh, sorry. That, sorry. I like that one, Charlie. <laughs> I only but it's, think of it. <laughs> That, we're talking about executive time. We're talking about pooping, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think in all cases, yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> Almost exclusively. <laughs> but yeah, this the cameos in this movie were kind of weird. They also had God, no Elon Musk. <laughs> yeah. That was, yep. that was like and, at first I, I thought it was like a him, like, you know, a lookalike, but and then Larry King? <laughs> right. <laughs> I turned to Stan Lee. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. But I turned to Paul and I was like, that's not him. <laughs> <laughs> I was just wondering if anyone told, like, let Elon Musk see the script and be like, you know, this is a, this is kind of an anti privatization movie, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, the, uh, he was just there. He didn't realize he was in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, there's lots of people in this movie. The Gary Shandling's in this movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Olivia Munn is in this movie. Yeah, her first Marvel that. appearance. Oh, yeah. yeah, that reporter. Yeah, at the beginning. Yeah. Kate Mara's in this movie before she joins Fant Forstick. Oh yeah. <laughs> She's the one that issues the subpoena. Oh. Mm-hmm. And uh, Larry Ellison of Oracle. Apparently, they were just getting CEOs in. Yeah, I mean, there was some <laughs> other Oracle. Uh product placement as well yeah i know when i see iron man 2 my first instinct is to go buy oracle products (laughs) (laughs) but uh here's a fun fact for you the uh the song the make way for tomorrow song that they sing the like 60s style stark expo song 
uh, is written by Dick Sherman of the Sherman Brothers, who were responsible for things like Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, uh, Mary Poppins. Uh, it's a small world. Oh, fun. They got him in special to write a song for them to sound like those songs. So, <laughs> Wow, that is a fun fact. Oh, and Tom Morello's back on guitar on the soundtrack. Really? Yep. Oh. Yep. He's, uh, he's got some sweet licks. I was watching a special feature where they were talking like about, he was talking a little about it. And he's like, at one point, yeah, like the score is like seven, eight. And I just like couldn't get it. And I eventually had to watch like the waveform to see like when the beats were. Because <laughs> seven, eight's a really weird time signature. I was, I always think of it as two, 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 three is yeah. how I always grok that one. All right. That's all my notes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we're talking casting still. Sam Rockwell. What do people think of Sam Rockwell? He's a national Ooh. treasure. Yeah. Besides that, we thought he was Jeremy Piven. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, I thought he did okay. Yeah. He, he, he served his purpose, you know. And, and, and that I really, you know, was like, yeah, he's doing a good job of making me not like this character. <laughs> I thought it was interesting how, like, close to Tony Stark his character is. Like, in terms of, like, trying to be, like, you know, snarky and cool and hip. But Sam Rockwell, I thought, did a really good job of showing that only Tony Stark can be Tony Stark. And if someone else tries to be Tony Stark, it just completely falls flat. Oh, that's true, yeah. 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 The difference between being cool and not cool is your actual level of success, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Like, are you saying that he made poor acting choices? No, I think he's deliberately trying to show that, like, he's essentially like a Tony Stark poser, right? Justin Hammer, the character, is lame because of that. Well, not just because of that, but that's a large part of why he's lame, whereas Tony Stark isn't doing it to be someone he's not. Right, yeah. where it sometimes okay. feels yeah. like Justin Hammer's trying to do it so he can be more like Tony Stark. Okay, fair enough, yeah. So I, I agree mm. with that, then, yeah. So I, I, I actually, I really enjoyed uh, that banter between the two where, like, Tony just doesn't even want to talk to him, you know, and he, and he's like, oh, yeah, we're great friends, we're this, we're that. <laughs> and then, like, the moment he has a chance to, like, actually, like, betray him, he's like, all right, I'm going to do it. So the but what did people think of that whole uh, Hammer plot line? Did you buy it? Did you not buy it? I mean, I thought it was good from like a story standpoint, but like a theme standpoint, I'm still kind of trying to figure out what the movie was trying to say. Like, so the whole thing was like, okay, we think we're way ahead in the arms race. We think it's like 20 years and it turns out it's not that far, except in the end, like nobody was as good as Tony Stark, I guess. Yeah. It's number two. It's all about being a badass. So is it like, okay, well, arms are good. As long as you keep developing them slightly faster than your opponent. No, I think it's actually just that all groundbreaking technology is developed in caves in this universe. <laughs> <laughs> Under wasn't duress, a cave, yes. It was an apartment. <laughs> it was a like Soviet it. apartment, so it was cave-like. Yeah, there, there's no element. Congratulations, you've made a new element. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. <laughs> that, was, that was a little... I didn't like that part, actually. Yeah, that, that part I just had to sort of go, comic book! Yeah. <laughs> well, I was just thinking. I was thinking. Well, maybe you know, maybe there. He made some really, really but, heavy element that somehow is not crazy radioactive and only exists for 
you know, <laughs> a fraction of a trillion well, trillionth of a second or whatever. This, well, well, didn't you a, see they they showed you the uh, the nuclear structure? Oh, they did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there they, is this. There are these theoretical islands of stability further up, right? Oh, well, see, maybe you have one of those where theoretically you get to a spot where they won't decay in like fractions of seconds. Mm. He'd probably uh, like something larger than his uh, home to. Uh, I mean, Paul, we know that. Tony got off the property at some point, so maybe it's just a really long particle accelerator. You don't know. Yeah, like maybe he made it like the length of a few miles. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) We don't see both ends of it. (laughs) Sorry, giant Linac. Yeah, there might be one around one twenty-six with two hundred twenty-eight neutrons. There's a couple theorized around one sixty-four with, or sorry, three hundred some neutrons. What Adam isn't mentioning is that these islands of stability are still insanely radioactive. It's just orders of magnitude less radioactive than the other stuff. Yeah, but so, that's what so it'll, it'll provi- decay in seconds instead of picoseconds or something uh-huh. stupid. But that provides the power. See, it's, I bet it's perfectly it's, stable once you get up to four twenty sixty nine. Uh, neutrons. <laughs> yeah, it's it's perfect science. Iron Man two did nothing wrong. <laughs> That's all I, I wanted to hear. Is I the only one that was reminded of the Epcot ball when he made that new element? <laughs> oh. I mean, uh, I guess I didn't specifically think of the Epcot ball, but definitely that shape. Yeah. Walt Disney, he's onto it, right? Uh, you know. Uh, Disney actually does have the permit to operate a nuclear reactor in Florida, like under Florida law. Wow. Do they threaten to move or what? something? Yeah, what gives them <laughs> what gives them the, the right? Political power? Ah. Uh, liberty. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know that I would consider that liberty, but they paid they paid the freedom bucks. Yeah, yeah. Freedom! <laughs> They they lobbied with enough tricky dick fun bucks to get the right. <laughs> Those are sounds expensive. So how about Mickey Rourke? Was that the bad guy? Yes. Well, that's the actor playing the bad guy. Oh, oh. That's so a, that's why there was the big reveal at the beginning. Yeah, like, I was like, oh look, it's Mickey. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. I, I, I didn't know what it was. I was like, I turned to Paul, said, "Am I supposed to know who this is?" Yeah, I didn't have an answer for you. Yeah, but I guess I didn't know. I gotta look it up. I don't know if this was after The Wrestler, which is like one of his bigger like comeback oh, movies. So then people would have been like, "Yeah, oh that my was goodness." Yeah, so this was a few years the after The Wrestler, so it was two thousand eight, yeah. and I pretty I think he was Oscar nominated for that. Let me look that up too. I think he won. No, he won a Golden Globe. He I just see. got oh. a nomination. But in any case, he was back in people's minds, so they would have been interested. To see. I guess some people might have been interested to see him. I guess I can't speak for everyone in the world. Well, um. I thought I, I thought he did a really good job. Um, I enjoyed uh, uh, how awful his character was, and I enjoyed the tattoos. He had sixty nine written on his hand. Yeah, there was something. It was like <laughs> nine six nine. Was it sixty nine sixty nine? Yeah, it was like sixty nine sixty nine. Thought it was nineteen sixty nine. Oh, oh, that would be the nine. He's a big Brian Adams fan. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling Doug it was pretty uh, pretty fortuitous that Tony decided to drive his own car. Otherwise, his plan to be in that uh, in that uh, orange like rescue what were those it was people? like intervention intervention team? team. Yeah, wouldn't have gotten him very close to Iron Man otherwise. 
Yeah, the yeah, stop right. pointing holes in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess let's talk about Monaco then. That was my favorite part of the movie, actually. Really? Uh, the game? Yeah, the game that you know, we played you know several the, years uh, ago before I saw this noise, movie. <laughs> the, the, the disgusting noise for when you're trying to like bandage somebody up was actually them putting their f- hands into a pumpkin and squishing around the guts. Mm, wow. Mm. <laughs> No relevance to Iron Man 2, but it's a it's a neat Foley fact. <laughs> it was the best suit up scene, I think, possibly in all the Iron Men. It's up there. Yeah, true. The suitcase suit up. Call it a football. Um, That's what you call things that are like that. It's true. Look yeah. it up. Like the nuclear football. Yeah. I'm looking it up. It up. Do it right now. Okay, Google. What's a football? <laughs> <laughs> Did you mean soccer? <laughs> oh, that's too funny. <laughs> hey Siri, what's football? Uh, it says specifically it's the U.S. president to authorize a nuclear strike, not just any briefcase. Any <laughs> briefcase. He called it a football in the in the film. Did he? All right, let's rewatch it right now. <laughs> All right, thank God for that. Google said, "Throw me the football." Iron yes. Man 2 transcript. Saber tooth. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're right. He does call it football. Thank you. Whiplash here, a sort of combination of two Iron Man characters. Um, so there is a whiplash, but Ivan Vanko is uh, is the son of Anton Vanko in the movie, and Anton Vanko is Crimson Dynamo, which was basically a Soviet version of Iron oh, Man. Oh, okay. That makes a lot more sense to me now. So they sort of combine two characters into one for whatever reason. But I like that part. I thought that fight was a lot was more of the highlight of all the fights. So everything else. All right, was right, you were saying that Monaco summer. was your favorite part. It was. It and was. Then we cut you off completely. <laughs> yeah, because it was. It was brighter. It was fun. It was comicky and whip. I like the idea of Whiplash. The J.K. Simmons movie. <laughs> I was going to say, are we avoiding spoilers for movies? <laughs> Although I did think it was kind of weird how he didn't have any sort of armor on him at all. <laughs> I guess maybe he didn't have the... Uh... Do you wear armor when you race cars? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess his, his suit burned off of him, but not his pants. Oh, you mean thankfully. Whiplash. I you <laughs> yes. Start. No. <laughs> whiplash was well, kind of a little more in like the mildly bondage gear look. <laughs> he didn't need armor because he's Russian and he just doesn't care right yeah he got hit by a car how many times like four or five times like right in the abdomen (laughs) wait he he got run over by the car no in soviet russia you run over car (laughs) (laughs) oh now the jokes make sense was that the whole setup (laughs) he was was crushed against the sidewall i think multiple times by john favreau all right, fine. In Soviet oh, Russia, okay. you slam into car. <laughs> car. Car slam into you. <laughs> By the way, that was a Rolls Royce Phantom that they were driving. Beautiful car. Got Apparently, spice. they destroyed two of them for the movie. Oh, nice. Mm. Making the world a little, little darker. <laughs> Raising the price of Rolls Royce a little bit. Uh, <laughs> well, we just looks- out. It looks like they were actually custom made for the movie. 
apparently Rolls Royce is, you know, they never make the same, the exact same car twice. And they made an exception here for the filmmakers. They actually made the two identical. Oh, nice. Does anyone know anything about the race car driving at Monaco? They have, they have microphone headsets. Doug and I were wondering why there was poor communication when uh, the car started exploding that the other drivers didn't stop the race. They just kind of kept on going. Do Monaco Grand Prix drivers have headsets? And then also when, uh, when Whiplash and Iron Man were facing off on the track, all of the fans are still in the stands watching. Like, what is with this kind of unflinching nihilism that they have no concern whatsoever for their own safety? You're saying you wouldn't sit and watch a train wreck? Not when it could shoot me. Not if, not if it was going to jump the rails right at me, potentially. No. And you don't seem to understand car racing at all, Doug. Yeah. That's like half the fun. If you liked Liberty Do, you would stay. In Monaco, though? Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, maybe Liberty Do just makes you a NASCAR fan, Tony. <laughs> you would be cheering for the American. You're like, hey, we might win. Look at it's, this. It's not clear. Apparently, the Monaco Grand Prix is really boring, and this is a problem because the drivers stop paying attention, I guess. Oh, oh so like they, they get boring. sloppy? Yeah, they apparently just they just find it really boring. Is it the course or something? Yeah. How is it so popular? Uh, probably because Monaco is rich. Probably gambling. Yeah. Huh. It's like a, like a Kentucky Derby type of scene. Yeah. What if they wear different hats at the Monaco Grand Prix? We should roll the footage and see. I think we should just go. Yeah. Let's... Adam, are you in for a Monaco uh, field trip? Are you going to pay for it? Um, no. I was planning on going into debt. <laughs> oh, we'll just that put I was it, never going to get out of. All right, we'll just put it on Paul's uh, visa. No, no, no. You, you just <laughs> you go to the casino Ooh, like and this. you pay for the trip that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By robbing the casino. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I feel like that we could make a movie about this. Yeah. <laughs> and there's no way it would end with any blood I, and gore. I mean. We did play a video game about it, so we have some of us. Adam certainly has the experience necessary. Wait, was there a casino in Monaco? I basically just remember hiding in plants for 45 minutes. <laughs> That's my main memory of that game. <laughs> oh, that just reminds me of Home Alone. <laughs> so what was everyone else's favorite action sequence then? This has a few of them. I like when uh, uh, Black Widow just owned. Yeah, that That's was good. Yeah, we haven't talked about Scarlett Johansson yet. Oh yeah, Black Widow was in this. That's my comment. <laughs> that's your comment. Whoa. Whoa. Wow, wow, that's that says a lot. I <laughs> forgot. Like between watching it now, I forgot that she was in there because not that I have a problem with Scarlett Johansson or Black Widow in general, but sure sounds you know, like you do. Well, we're talking. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we're talking about this being one of the huge first MCU movies. This is the third one, right? But. We're really trying to tie them all together for Avengers. And that whole plot line really seems just kind of jammed in there. Like, it's a good part of the movie, but you Wait, can take you all of that jammed out. in there. Really? It's, I thought it, it was handled fairly well. Yeah, I, thought like, I, actually, I actually liked uh, Scarlett Joe's performance here 
better than I did in some of the follow-up movies. Like, it just felt more appropriate for the situation here. Right, and, like, it makes complete sense why she's there. Like, she's been tasked on because they've S.H.I.E.L.D. has found out that Tony's sick, so they're keeping an eye on him, so that makes sense. And, you know, it, it allows them to have focus on something that's not Tony Stark the whole time, which therefore also sort of, like, increases the threat a bit. I think, to because, be fair, she does kind of show up with no backstory, so maybe that might be a sense of jamming in. Is that it, Charlie? You wanted you wanted the whole backstory. If you took out all of the Shield stuff and just replaced it with Tony finds a film of his father in the basement he forgot about, you could still make the whole movie. Like, what else is really pivotal about having Shield integration in this at all? I mean, I just think the fact that he's recruited to the Avengers in this one, that's probably the yeah. only thing. Yeah, yeah. And I guess you have to see it that way, too. It's like trying to tie it in, and that's important. Yeah, but they say his dad's a founding father of the S.H.I.E.L.D., right? Oh, true. So isn't, isn't that the the whole reason why? Yeah, that's important. I forgot about that. I don't know. That just seems like a strange argument, right? Of like, oh, if I take this out, right? Like, what changes, right? But that you can do that with all sorts of things in movies, right? Like... You know, if you take out the arc reactor out of Iron Man, right, and make it make you know, have some other power source, what changes? You know, if he's running off three double A's instead for Pacemaker Extreme. I hope they're Energizer, <laughs> at least. I'm just saying it's a large chunk of the movie that you could just extricate from it and just add one really simple plot point. And that brings yeah, the movie down okay, to like but, super but short. Did you feel but why, that two hours and five minutes that, was though? too long? Yeah, I guess that's my question is I don't understand what the reason to, for doing that would be. Like, that's what I'm not grokking here. That's right. I said grok. <laughs> I, thought you were, I thought you were talking about gronk. <laughs> I'm not that far gone. The, the VC character? <laughs> the, <laughs> the former uh, <laughs> Patriots tight end. Yeah, the VC oh, character. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, I the, was The guy thinking. from the cans of Monster. Yeah, that guy. It's more like, well, we could go from point A to point B, but we're going to go through all like points C through Z first, like all this stuff with S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay, then how do you handle the um, Tony declining, right, and getting sick, right? He just magically cures himself because he found a film in the basement? Yeah, I mean, that's that's better than finding a film because S.H.I.E.L.D. gave it to him. Because they're directing him and they're saying, hey, look, try Gooder. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think actually you need you don't maybe need Shield, but you need someone to tell Tony about his dad and like how he felt about his son. Because I think if Tony would have found that film in the basement without having been told all that, oh, you know, everything relies on him, he might have just thrown it away. But and I will admit some of this is because I have a huge gap in the Marvel movies that I've watched between this and say, I mean, like maybe there's two or three more Robert Downey Jr. appearances that I've actually seen in the rest of the MCU. So I don't know what this is leading towards yet. Oh, okay. But, uh, okay, but well, the point... So it's like the last from, movie. But the point of the march is you're not supposed to know what you're leading towards, right? You're just supposed to, you know, enjoy the movies as they theoretically come. Yeah, so it's, th- it's, it's like we saw Phil Coulson and we saw... Uh, Nick Fury in the previous movie and now they're given a bigger part. Right. So it's like hey, it's a sequel and it's building on the stuff from the first movie. Do, it's fun. Do you, 
Charlie, do you not like shield? Like, do you just not like the idea of shield? No, I guess? Oh, no, like, I'm fine with it. It's okay. Trying to articulate. You, just, you, you thought that it would be better if Tony Stark just found that film by happenstance? No, I don't think it would be better. I think it would be better if shield were implemented in a way of this movie that was more necessary. Where when I got to the end, I couldn't be like, why was S.H.I.E.L.D. there? I'd be more like, oh, I, it's clear why all of that was necessary. And with future movies, okay, it may be more clear. There is a little but bit it, of a, but like, but oh, we're, not... we've got bigger stuff than you. We're, they yeah. keep dropping they, like, they drop New Mexico hands. and stuff. There's a lot that's like, yeah, that wouldn't be there if they weren't already like planning for a direct sequel. I don't know. It's just, it's not called Iron Man Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., right? It's called Iron Man 2. And it's like, you are like, there should be either, it should be all S.H.I.E.L.D. or no S.H.I.E.L.D. I hate this halfway point. <laughs> yeah, I think, you, I think I either it's, want the it's full release or don't even tease me, right? Like, that's what I'm getting here. You don't, you don't like the S.H.I.E.L.D. edging. And, ooh, <laughs> that's really weird, Adam, because I almost said edging, but I wasn't going to say shield edging. <laughs> no, I think I was just going to uh, say that I like edging. <laughs> we talked about edging? Over here? <laughs> no, I, I enjoyed shield. I, I actually really liked it. I thought it was it was cool. I do Are- wish Colson had actually followed through on his tasing threat, though. <laughs> if he threatens to tase him in the next scene, Tony's driving off in his convertible. And then, yeah, and then he's he's like, "How'd you get away?" <laughs> oh, you know what? Though he never showed him the taser, though, right? Yeah. So it's not the Chekhov's gun or whatever. It's true. All right. So are we in agreement that Charlie's wrong? Well, yes. I, <laughs> I can see where you're coming from on that, Charlie. Definitely. Like it does feel a little like this. They're here to introduce one big important plot point, but also to introduce some characters that we want to see in the future, which, I mean, I think it worked, but I can definitely see how you, how they might feel somewhat shoehorned in or just like a plug. To the next. I, movie I would have of. liked the plot device that was uniquely shield in some way. And I'm like, Oh, I understand why they were introduced. What is that? I suppose mean something be uniquely that, shield. I don't know. Like it was more in, like more integrated into the plot itself. With, like they needed you know. they needed Shield to beat whoever instead of cure him of his sickness. Yeah, that would have been helpful. Because essentially, it's like there's like uh, like sort of it seems like there's sort of two stories going on, and it's there's one that's just with like the military and the Hammer Corporation and Whiplash, and then there's Tony Stark's personal, uh, you know, he's gonna die sort of thing. And, you know, S.H.I.E.L.D. is only really important in the Tony Stark's half. I mean, we're getting to that. the point, too, where I don't, you know, I don't envy the screenwriter or all the people producing this movie because there's things that they have to do by the end of the movie. Like, they know they have to introduce S.H.I.E.L.D. and they have to integrate it in some way. And I'm not saying that's easy. Justin throws a hack. That's what I heard from you. Yes. Justin Trudeau's in this? <laughs> Justin Thoreau. <laughs> I said at the beginning that the, we were watching that. Yeah. I don't know. I think you're right, Adam. I think Charlie's wrong. Okay. Yeah, all right. So he's just colored by his hatred of Scarlett Johansson for some reason. <laughs> Scarlett Johansson and Justin Thoreau. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's just like, oh, a girl in a fight scene? Hate it. <laughs> Give me back to Monaco. Yeah, speaking of which, those Raven stereo moves, huh? <laughs> all right. So we outed Charlie as an alt-right member. What else is there to do? 
<laughs> Should we call him a cuck? <laughs> I think that goes knows, without saying. He yeah. knows in his heart. That goes without saying, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. <laughs> All right. Um, Paul's explanation of your quibble made the most sense to me. Are you signing on board to that? Oh yeah. All right. Good job, Paul. Oh wow. Well, you you changed Adam's opinion. No, you didn't change my. <laughs> Let's wow. be clear okay. here. <laughs> you didn't change my opinion, but you made it clearer to me what the concern was, rather than just like grumble, grumble. Shield should have been the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> Why can't there just be a seven-season spinoff of just about Shield? <laughs> the with these, yeah, like ooh. <laughs> the problem is that these are movies, and they're not thirteen-episode television seasons. That's what that's what I'm used to now. <laughs> setting aside your resistance to the plot line charlie how did you think scarlett johansson was as black widow no i thought she did she did good i couldn't decide if they were objectifying her or not like the model shoot one of the complaints i heard leveled at this movie was that it objectified uh, Black Widow, and I was so I was kind of had an eye out for it. And I, other than the model scene, that was really about it. I thought. It wasn't, it wasn't yeah, no, point, like I feel like it was. I was trying to remember the other movies because I feel like maybe did the other ones. I, I, uh, we'll I'll have to find out as we go. I guess just outside of what I remember from the other movies. Yeah, I mean, I think that they. I think there was a certain level of her trying to be seductive because I think that's how she was able to get in so close to Tony, just being the playboy that he is. I think she had to play that character to get in and kind of get his trust, right? Oh, I, no, I totally buy that. Yeah, I don't know. I thought Tony was mo- much more sleazy and. Iron Man, the first one, than this one. Yeah. <laughs> like, really, it's just a gradual, yeah. uh, gradual lowering of the of the sleaze. Yeah, I thought that. I thought this was pretty mild. No and time it, for women, only time for drinking. Yeah, and not dying. What about the uh, the War Machine Iron Man fight? Speaking of drinking, maybe it's uh, my old age, but it pains me to watch his house get destroyed every movie. <laughs> 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 I was a little confused. As to sure, so, yeah. all right, war, yeah, <laughs> war machine fights Tony Stark because Tony was drunk and he didn't like it. So Tony was he had just gone for bat for Tony, saying he's a responsible person and he'll you know he'll bring him in line. Basically, he says right goes to immediately see him drunk and endangering people by just you know using his photon blast, Boy, no, that's repulsor cap- blast. Repulsor blast, yeah. Using his stabilizers. They're repulsors. That's what he calls them. I see. Okay. I get it. I'm I'm too dumb for you there. Right. (laughs) So he's endangering people. He's being drunk and disorderly. And so he, so Rhodey just gets pissed off at this. Yeah. So this is kind of Rhodey saying, doing what he says he's going to do by bringing him in line. Okay. Right. In Tony's defense, though, it's very clear that the whole crowd is just loving it. <laughs> well, that's I because they're I was watching also... all the extras and no one was scared. Right. <laughs> but that's because they're all drunk too. And that, that's an assumption. It's a Tony Stark party. I don't think the teetotalers are going. <laughs> you you just see a thought and you immediately think she's drunk. Come on, man. 
Did you say thought that hoe over there? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> so, so you're standing up for him, but also bashing them. I didn't know Tony was the thought police. Over yeah. Here. <laughs> hey, they're not drunk, but let me use this other pejorative. No, term. no, no. War machine is the thought police. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, so it sounds like we're kind of winding down here. Did people have things they wanted to say? I, was, uh, I think we're just starting. Oh, there was... <laughs> um, R.I.P. DJ A.M. That's true. Dennis? Dennis? Dennis James? James. Alan? Tim? Tim? No, no. <laughs> they actually did have a in-memoriam thing near the end of the credits for him. Yeah, I noticed that. Who's DJ AM? He was he the was, DJ he at was, the party. Yeah, the birthday party, yeah. Oh, I thought you were... I didn't know that. It was an actual, like, nay. Okay. I thought you meant mm-hmm. the fact that he stayed for the fight meant that he was probably not alive anymore. Well, that's... No, no, no. The, the real... I mean... Adam, oh, I Adam know Goldstein, yeah. DJ AM. I mean, maybe the character also perished, but I'm assuming not because he nobody was prosecuted over it. <laughs> Well, I mean, I guess, I guess, I guess, Rhodey was part of it, so he's just collateral damage, right? Civilian deaths. Mm, yeah, yeah. Does Iron Man kill anyone in this movie? Not intentionally. I do have a question of: Does anybody die at the expo due to the drone strikes? They've got to. There's a lot of explosions. Ass- yeah, there's I a lot. Assume of- Peter Parker's parents die. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they uh, they didn't do Pepper Potts any favors by having her stare confusedly at a beeping drone, not knowing that it was going to explode. Oh, yeah. I forgot they exploded. Oh, yeah. yeah. People definitely died. That's how the way She was like, hmm, slow beeping in a red light. Mm, nah. She was, was, she was definitely kinda, a big group of kids like around. It, yeah. That was, that was her just being kind of shell-shocked, I think. No, I just agreed with you. I, I cut him off with the mute because I had to Doug cough. didn't want me to agree. Oh. Well, well, thank you. Doug, Doug over there censoring. <laughs> yeah, like, sorry. I had platform time. Com- complaining about censorship on one hand and then deplatforming people he disagrees with with the other. Yep. Yeah, so much for the tolerant left, right? <laughs> I thought wow. you were all right. That seems just perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so I had one random thing. What happened to the bird? <laughs> Oh, it died. Oh, yeah. Hardcore. Yeah. It did not get food. (laughs) (laughs) It was stuck in a cage. It is no more. They shoved it in a bag. They shoved it in a bag. Then he killed those dudes. And then the bird just pecked off their bodies. It was fine. Oh, that (laughs) just ate their eyeballs. It's like when you die and your pet cat is stuck in the apartment with you. It's not going hungry. It's going to eat your face. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, usually cats will eat your face first. It start it really starts there. Yeah, because they don't like to see your face. This, this Are you is sure? Tri- is it just because people don't typically die naked? No, I think people die naked. We, we all are naked. Yeah. Really. What is what is naked? State of undress. All right. Me and Paul are getting naked. <laughs> to answer your question, Charlie, I don't think it's addressed. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what what bird are you talking about? The real one or the fake one? Oh, good question. Yeah, there's two of them. I don't know what happened to either bird. Yeah, yeah, they do. It seems like they leave both bird bird uh, both birds unresolved. (laughs) The fate of both birds is unknown. I think we know what that means, right? 
future Marvel movie. Yeah, <laughs> true. Uh, they come back in Endgame. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to spoil anything, but... <laughs> like By that time, you're like, what's that bird doing? <laughs> Has the same music as the Mickey Rourke reveal. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't really talk about the final showdown, did we? No, we didn't. Maybe we should. I, I just, my impression is that I just found myself like somewhat underwhelmed by like the final showdown. Not like totally underwhelmed, but something about it was just didn't seem, uh, I mean, I don't know. it seemed kind of short or something. It, well, Maybe it I is the, a really long drawn out. Like, well, it is the case that Iron Man, Tony Stark's not really involved in it until the very end. Right. Like, yeah. I mean, for a large part thinking. of that, he's just flying around flushing meadows or whatever right while the real action happens with pepper pots and black yeah. widow uh, and then he hits okay. the then he hits the cheat button and kills all the with a laser yeah that was cool <laughs> well he I actually powered up his super i no, i did enjoy that actually that was that was pretty cool that's right you need time for that to build <laughs> are we talking about edging again <laughs> Does anyone else feel like War Machine is just kind of... I just feel like he's just kind of a weird knockoff of Iron Man, but, like, doesn't really know how the suit works, but, like, has a big gun. I just... I don't know how I feel about War Machine. It's just kind of... I feel like he just threw a random character in an Iron Man suit. He's never really spoken to me. They established that the guns that he had, too, weren't any good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, if they all came from Hammer Tech. (laughs) It does... It kind of feels like the natural conclusion of, like... What if the Iron Man suit went through the Byzantine procurement process? <laughs> I mean, it does give Rhodes something else to do than to literally be essentially Tony's sidekick, right? Babysitter, more mm-hmm. like. Right, but it, it expands that character beyond just babysitter. Yeah, I guess I would have liked to see maybe maybe at the end of this have uh, Tony make a new War Machine for Rhodes. So it wasn't like hammer decked out kind of. Ah, yeah. But I did like the gratuitous oil splattering in that last scene. Do you guys notice that? Uh, I did not. No. So when the when the war machine is gunning down like the the drones, he just gives oil splattered all over his face. (laughs) Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah, that's <laughs> machine blood. <laughs> Go back and watch ed- that. Tonight. He didn't edge properly. I didn't <laughs> <think>. <laughs> He's in a hurry. <laughs> sometimes you just don't got time. Yeah. Sometimes you have class, right? You know. Yeah. Right away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess I'd agree with Paul, though. It doesn't. It seems underwhelming. I think it's because even when because there wasn't shield. Yeah, I know, exactly. No, even when Iron Man and War Machine are, like, trapped in the whips, you don't feel like they're going to lose. Like, especially with all the drones, you're like, oh, Tony's more powerful than them. And that whole battle scene is like, well, they're not really, they don't feel like they're in any danger. Like, once he fixes himself and finds the new element. Just completely hung up on this shield part of the movie. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think Charlie's got kind of a point. Like, so we kind of point out that the the hammer tech sucks, and it's a little bit hard to to have a convincing bad guy if it's mostly a bunch of hammer tech drones that we've already established aren't very good. And then Mickey Rourke for like half a minute before he gets owned. 
Well, except that the drones have been redesigned by Rip, Mickey Rourke, right? So they actually do have some like power and potential to them. It's only the thing purely yeah. designed by Hammer that's a you know doesn't work. Yeah, I get. I think to Doug's point, mm -hmm. I remember now that at one point when I was trying to recall who or what the conflict one is, is in this movie, I I honestly couldn't remember what the conflict was in this movie. I think because the villain was kind of, it, yeah, it wasn't like oh. There's like an actual danger. Like it's just kind of we we know they're they're gonna win and they win they win handily. Yeah, it's almost like it's not a movie with that's styled with here's a big conflict. It's just here's a bunch of fun stuff that happens. Ho hum. <laughs> so I actually enjoyed like that part that it wasn't just a reboot of the first one. Like it wasn't that you didn't I I didn't see that like coming. Like the conflict was. The fact that it's just like an arms race between two different, like, you know, between Hammer Industries and and Tony Stark. It's not just, oh, now he's fighting someone in an even bigger suit. Exactly. Yeah. Like they still had that, but it wasn't it wasn't um, the Jeremy Piven guy. It's like part of the thing that makes Whiplash a threat to Tony isn't the, the suit, but just the the fact that he's smart enough to make the suit and then make other technology that it's really about right. brain versus brain rather than just stealing Tony's ideas and making a much bigger version the way that Jeff Bridges did. Exactly. That is, that is a good point. Um, near the beginning when whiplash first makes that arc reactor, I, I just, you know, was thinking to myself, Tony Stark built this in a cave with a box of scrap. We already established it was a Russian apartment. It wasn't a cave, though. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. The lighting had me confused. <laughs> but, no, I mean, you're right that it does show that his he's roughly on Tony's level there. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I agree that in some ways that final fight feels a bit perfunctory, but I think that's partly because the real final fight sort of already happened. You know, everything else is just sort of whether that's you know, clean up because they've decided you have to have a big action sequence at the end. Yeah. Cause yeah, but yeah, the real like boom moment is when, uh, when pepper pots calls the cops. Right. I don't know. I mean, I sort of agree with that. I don't know that it, I guess on some level it bothers me, but I don't that it hugely bothers me. I'm not, I don't feel like let down by the movie because of it. Me personally, Charlie's going to give this a two, isn't he? <laughs> that would be generous. No, <laughs> that's not going to be. It. It's not going to be that bad. It will not be that bad. <laughs> like that little Valley Girl vocal fry you threw in there. <laughs> All right. So I guess ultimately, what did you think of the movie? Um, would you rescue the bird from Russia and allow it to live with you? Or would you leave it to, you know, have its own adventures somewhere far away from the MCU? I guess I'm asking how many new elements out of 10 would you give this movie? <laughs> Uh, by the way, we talked about that a little bit, but that I don't think I was explicit in thinking that, yeah, okay. I had to remind myself it was a comic book because independently, that's kind of dumb. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? The oh, I designed, element? I designed this Adam and I designed my expo to resemble it through this really bizarre Byzantine. Like, I think that part of the movie bothered me more than any other part of the movie was that whole little chunk about the element where it's just like, what? All right, comic books. Yeah, so. I think it would have been better if uh, if Shield didn't tell Tony about it. 
Yeah, if this insane plan had just been yeah, <laughs> yeah. but uh, like I, I mean, that was probably my main complaint with the movie. Um, beyond that, I, I said uh, in the last Marvel movie um, installment as the teaser for this one that this movie's generally pretty low on a lot of people's lists like rankings of mcu movies that might end up being true for me as well just because you know i think the mcu generally does a really good job but i still like this movie i still think it does a pretty good job and while it's not as good as the first iron man you know i i like the introduction of the characters i didn't mind the way they brought in natasha romanoff black widow i didn't really mind the nick fury stuff or anything like that i thought that was reasonably well handled I think it's a better movie than Incredible Hulk. And I actually kind of like Incredible Hulk, but I think I like this better. Yeah, it's just got a couple things that don't quite work, but I wouldn't call it a bad movie by any means. This is basically just a long-winded way of me saying that I give this eight new elements out of ten. I think for me, it is that's going to put it on par with Blade and Spider-Man. And I think that feels right. I'm a little worried that all my MCU movies are going to end up bunched in between eight and ten, but, you know... Guess we'll deal with that. That's, when we that's the corner we've backed don't, ourselves into on this. I think. Don't worry, we've got Thor to the Dark World to help with that problem. Ooh. Oh, because it breaks the scale. Goes up to eleven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's got a guy who used to be the Doctor. Best movie ever. That's right. It's a good thing we're not doing the Marvel Netflix shows, or else Jessica Jones. Oh, thirty out of ten. <laughs> I, th- I thought it was kind of cool that it was a little bit more about, you know, what is what is the place of this advanced weaponry, you know, in the hands of a private company slash citizen um, than it was about, you know, the the deep, dark motivations of like a really super relatable villain. Not that the villain was like bad or unrelatable or anything, but I thought it was kind of cool that it was a little bit more about that. I, I just um, want to interrupt you very briefly and just point out that while that's true, um, in 12 movies, that's going to get changed a little bit. And we're going to learn that maybe some motivations of guarding that discussion weren't as pure as we thought. Oh. But carry on. Okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, and I thought it did a pretty good uh, job with the execution. You know, it was, you know, I found myself quite entertained throughout. There was, you know, yeah, like a couple good sort of plot lines going on and uh yeah i think i'm gonna have to go with uh seven and a half new elements out of ten i'm a little scared at this trend but um, (laughs) because i basically have a run of those but three of the last four movies have been 7.5 for paul oh geez so iron man 2 as good as kick-ass i'm a little worried that maybe i'm just leaving room up top uh the charlie wallace effect yeah <laughs> and it's like well we got we got a long ways to go but gotta leave that headroom that you're never gonna use it's like me <laughs> <laughs> yeah basically just looking back i feel like i enjoyed it on the level of you know incredible hulk and punisher Warzone. kick-ass might be somewhat of an outlier we'll we'll see how history uh looks back on that one you know actually i think coming into this movie i would have probably given it a lower score but 
after watching it again, I kind of, uh, I think I kind of enjoyed Iron Man's development a little more. I didn't really pay as close of attention as to like his mentality and why he was being such an ass because he was dying. I guess because I just assume that he's not going to die. I kind of ignored that plot point that he actually thought he was going to die. And then when I got into that, I was like, huh, you know, I, I kind of like this development a little more and like that he's actually at the end trying to trying to write himself. So I think I enjoyed that plot point a little more. And uh, it's tough for me to not take into account the future movies and <laughs> trying to just take into account past movies in my in my brain. I, I'd probably give this uh, I think a solid eight, though. OK, cool. Do you want to expand on that at all? Or are you good? Maybe the suitcase suit up probably just bumped it up. Just, nice. just that. Given it a lot of thought, and I'm going to have to go with seven and a half new elements. That that half an element is uh, it's just another isotope of an existing one. It's it's carbon twenty four, you know. But not even a chuckle from Charlie on that one. Come on. <laughs> so so on the level of Fantastic Four: Rise of the Silver Surfer. You know, I just yelled at you for doing re-rates. <laughs> And I might eventually need to do some myself. But <laughs> we'll ignore my hypocrisy for the moment and say it's it's a very it feels like a very workmanlike movie. There's not the same sense of wonder that I had for the first Iron Man. Did someone say wonder? <laughs> I don't get it. Arrested development. Oh, okay. Uh you threw me off a little there, okay. Um, that that happens when Tony Wonder shows up. <laughs> Again, I don't know what that's referring to. Arrested Development. I only saw the first season. <laughs> okay, you know, as Charlie said, we have to have the shield in here. Okay, we have to have the big bad guy show up for one last thing. And, you know, it just felt like the, the climax was a bit too much of box checking to, to really hold my interest. That seems like a much harsher description than a 7.5 would suggest. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yes, why was this even a movie? <laughs> it was what we had. They had a bad guy. No plot. No plot. Bad acting. Poorly shot. 7.5. <laughs> <laughs> would watch again (laughs) (laughs) well i mean we were gonna be 1.5 but we had we had the uh the suitcase suit up scene in monaco and we also got the glamour shot of scarlet joe so you know you gotta give it some cred for that right that's those those two together are worth like six six and a half points or so right no, but <laughs> keep asking. Everyone's got their own scale. Yeah, that's, that's and that's yours. Seven point five. Well, just gotta hammer Doug until he stops. Did somebody say Justin, Justin Hammer? hammer? <laughs> um, I uh, so this first time that I saw this movie, um, I really enjoyed Iron Man. And I enjoy Robert Downey Jr. I'm going to give this one eight. What did we say? New elements. Mm-hmm. Because um, I was really entertained uh, throughout the entire movie. Um, I thought that it moved uh, the plot along because I've seen some other uh, movies down the down the way. So I was like, oh, that makes sense. So um, 
So I think that I benefited from that. So I, I gave it eight. And finally, Charlie. I think the movie asks a lot of questions I do like. It talks a bit about legacy and what sort of legacy you want to live behind. <laughs> is is one of the questions, did somebody say wonder? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Uh, the question is, where is that from? <laughs> you know, I like, we're going to cut Doug's thing, but the wonder segment's in. <laughs> That's gold. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it talks about what you like. What do you want your legacy to be? What happens when you privatize war? What you know? When the thing I guess that most Marvel movies talk about. What is your responsibility to everyone else when you have this sort of power? And it introduces those things early on, and for the most part, kind of leaves them there, or at least doesn't answer them satisfactorily by the end of the movie. And in a lot of the same ways that. So again, to go back to the S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff, it's not that I didn't like the S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff. It felt almost like it was just a separate part of the movie. It didn't feel connected to the rest of it. And so there's just a lot of these elements that I kind of like that I feel like will probably pay off in the rest of the MCU because I know these are things that like these are themes that keep coming up. And there's a lot more stuff with S.H.I.E.L.D. coming up very soon that it's important that we did the groundwork for. But it's like, well, how much can I enjoy this movie for what it's going to be doing in movies I haven't seen yet? And this is going to be a continued problem, I think, as I watch this March. So what I'm actually going to do right now is I'm going to rate this 6.5 elements out of new elements out of 10 and say this one has a heavy chance for a rewrite. So I this think, is same as Incredible Hulk for you. Yes. So I, I didn't dislike it. It's just felt a little disjointed and like it had its mind more on the future than it had on what was going on right now in this movie okay you have a problem now though (laughs) yeah um you've severely imbalanced your scores because before you were just doing an even distribution and now your 6.5 is your mode oh no well as i said heavy chance for re-rate if not for a changed appreciation then for uh symmetry (laughs) need to correct those statistics Is that true? Now, at the moment, Paul's still got a lot of sixes. <laughs> six is good. Yeah, people forget that. Yeah. You don't like six? We don't use the whole scale. Hey, that's that's uh, fresh we and do. Rotten Tomatoes for <laughs> yeah. an individual reviewer, at least. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, well, well <laughs> you, get below a, you get a 60 on Metacritic, and you're, you know, your game might as well not have come out. Right. Well, I mean, on Rotten Tomatoes, if every critic rated it a six, it would get 100%. <laughs> you got a yeah. D minus. D's get degrees. <laughs> yeah. What do you call the person who graduated last in medical school? Doctor. My doctor. My, my doctor. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for joining us on our 31st installment of the Merry Marvel Movie March. We're now going to jump forward almost exactly one year. We're catching up, guys. Yeah. Nice. nice what, what year? Thought? What does that say? <laughs> and uh, we're going to jump forward to May 2011. And uh, Tony's going to have to take Did some Did someone say wonder? Tom's Tom's got some strong views on Kira Knightley, apparently. Somebody called the thought police. (laughs) I think you mean Natalie Portman, though. Oh, shoot. Oh, I thought you were making a joke, like the Jeremy Piven thing.
<laughs> apparently, because apparently I can't tell those two apart. They do. They are. Yeah. I mean, that's I literally that. a plot point in episode one, right? Is that they're playing the same character? Wait, what? The you know how in episode one for a while there's a fake queen. Yeah. That's Kira Knightley. Oh, what? Wait, yeah, it is. Yeah. I don't, for sure? real. Oh. We're just saying you don't nice. have to feel that bad, Doug. Yeah, no, I'll take it. I'll take it. Jeez. Adam gave some grace. <laughs> but but anyway, as I was saying, Tony's going to have to Is it my take, birthday? Tony's going to have to take some athrin for the next one. Some athrin? Athrin. Cuz he's going to be Thor. <laughs> oh, Thor. Uh, Thor. Thor. <laughs> <laughs> Well, for another wonderful edition of the Gobeski Wallace Report, my name is Charlie Wallace. And I'm Adam Gobeski, and thanks again to our guests, uh, Paul Wilcox. It was fantastic. Uh, Doug Gobeski. A pleasure, as always. Tom Roop. Thank you very much. And Tony Wonder. Did somebody I... say Wonder? <laughs> What's that I mean? from? <laughs> I think it's from Arrested Development. Oh! The, the band. The rap group. <laughs> Oh, I love me some Amy. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the show. Make sure to check out GobeskiWallsReport.com. We've got lots of exciting opportunities for you to entertain yourself there. Oh, I thought you were talking about job opportunities. The job opportunities we have don't pay, so they're really more of unpaid internships. And you can follow us on Twitter, at GW Report, and you can like us on Facebook. So if you're looking for an internship, talk to Charlie. An unpaid internship that gives no letter of recommendation. Just the satisfaction of a job well done. But you can stay at Charlie's house. Um, all right. All right, so we've so far we've outed two of our uh, contributors as alt-right members. Yeah. All right, Paul. <laughs> Which one of us? What are we going to do now? <laughs> I guess we came out as edging and uh, <laughs> really into the cuck scene. Mm. Hey, Tom, Paul, how come you only ever did one Gobeski Wallace Report podcast? <laughs> well, I just talked about cucks and betas the whole time. <laughs> We watched Iron Man 2 and then didn't discuss it whatsoever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's usually what happens when I'm on.